What would you do if you came into possession of a talking cup? A cup that could see the future. And then we travel to Canada to take a long walk home with a young man. After a night of partying, it's time to head on back to bed and get a good night's sleep. Little did he know, on his way home, he would have his journey interrupted by a massive creature bubbling from the ooze. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Thank you, my Jason. I can tell you're still kind of upset after last episode. Yeah, that's obvious. But like the old saying goes, the show must go on. We must continue to march forward. And I love doing this show. And I'm glad that you guys enjoy it as much as you do as well. So we're just going to keep running this is also the last week of episodes for season 23 then i take a two-week break and then i'm gonna play the walking dead destinies for two weeks walking dead video game i'm sure you guys can look it up on youtube terrible reviews they say it's one of the worst games of the year but someone who's not the worst of anything in any given year running into dead rabbit radio command everyone get on your feet and give it up for our newest patreon supporter Dangerous Wallaby. Woohoo! Yeah, we haha, yeah, the wallaby walking on into Dead Rat Radio Command. It's kind of dangerous. Wallabies are those uh, weird looking things from Australia, right? Those little bear dudes. Dangerous Wallaby, you're gonna be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially through the Patreon or YouTube memberships or anything like that, it's totally fine. It really, really is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Dangerous Wallaby, let's go ahead and get this party started. I'm going to toss you the keys to the new vehicle. I think we came up with a new vehicle just now. The Bunny BMW. (laughs) It's an upgrade from the Jason Jalopy, that hunk of junk that's been carrying us around all these years. Don't worry, the Jalopy will be back. It's just in the shop getting the oil changed. Our Chitty Chitty Bing Bang car needs some maintenance. Plus, this episode sponsored by BMW, the world's driving machine, or whatever their whatever their motto is. Send me the check, BMW. Dangerous Wallaby, let's all hop inside the Bunny BMW. We're leaving. Oh man, the comfort, the comfort in this newest model in this 2024 BMW. So roomy. Let's leave behind Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Drive us all the way out to a mental hospital. <laughs> I like driving in style. All of our vehicles are always on the brink of falling apart. We're inside a 2024 BMW. Look at this legroom. Heated seats. Wow, amazing. Send me that check, guys. Send me that check. We're driving all the way out to this insane asylum. We pull up out front. We all get out. We're putting on our lab coats so we look like the doctors in the insane asylum. We're walking in and we just wave to the receptionist, and she's like, oh, I see that we hired a bunch of new doctors. I just, come on in, come on in. We won't check your ID. We walk in, 
And it's exactly what you would expect. It's an insane asylum. We're just kind of sitting in the rec room. We're dressed up in our lab coats so nobody knows that we're simply observers. We're about to meet this young woman. We will call her Terry. We don't have her exact name. She's telling the story, and based on kind of things that are happening in this story, I believe she's in her 20s. Based on some clues that I picked up here and there. And Terry ended up in the psych ward because she developed crippling anxiety. Which would be the worst, because in that way, you're not actually, like, insane. You're just, you're so amped up all the time. It goes from anxiety attacks to panic attacks to, like, now it's like panic disorder. You can't regulate your anxiety. She ends up being put in a psych ward. She's there for around a month kind of help her regain some semblance of sanity. While she's in there, she meets a couple <laughs> couple interesting people, as I'm sure you could assume you would. You could probably pretty much guess the majority of people there are having some mental health issues. At the very least, I'm a sh- I would guess that every so often an undercover reporter... <laughs> Jason, quit watching movies! Go watching movies. An undercover reporter. I saw a movie recently where an undercover reporter went undercover in an insane asylum to prove that they were mistreating their patients. And what she really found out was the janitor of the insane asylum had a psychic connection to rats. And whenever you (laughs) definitely the reporter's like, oh, maybe I'm going insane. This doesn't make sense. The janitor could control rats. And the the insane asylum basement was full of rats. And whenever someone would make the janitor mad, they were next day they were eaten by rats. <laughs> not a documentary, not a documentary by any means. I'll see if I can remember what the movie was. Probably just called Rats with an exclamation point. But again, that's all that's really where all my information of mental hospitals shows up. Horror movies. You have uh, Terry. She's about to meet this young woman we'll call Ava. And Ava, her delusion, this is terrifying. Her delusion was that her eyeballs were constantly on the verge of just rolling out of their sockets. She believed that if anyone ever looked her in the eyes, her eyeballs would just boop pop out which is terrifying if you think about it i know a lot of people have issues with like losing teeth very common to have dreams where you break your teeth or your teeth fall out in your dreams it's this weird quirk of psychology also like you don't want to lose your teeth i could see people having a delusion of if i talk too much my teeth are going to fall out but i could deal with that if that was my mental health problem I would be kind of hard recording a podcast. I was like, hey guys, I'm going to have to muffle this one. Another episode. But you know, if all of a sudden, if tomorrow I lost all my teeth, like I wouldn't be the happiest clam on the beach. But it wouldn't be the end of the world. <laughs> my eyeballs popped out. You know, now it's a little bit more of a struggle. So she made sure that nobody ever looked her in the eyes. Because she knew that would be the final thing. Her eyeballs would come out. And uh, Terry goes, you remember the movie The Ring? 
she said that's pretty much how Ava Ava was crawling out of television. So they're like, oh, that's interesting. Ava's so insane. She can break the laws of reality. No, she goes, Ava grew her hair really, really long. And it was always hiding her face. So you can never actually even see her eyes. And she goes, you would be like in the common area or, or wherever. And you would see Ava just standing there. Motionless. Her hair covering her face. A very creepy image. Not a ghost. Not a ghost, but it's... I, I would argue... <laughs> what's creepy? You're waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a ghost boy at the foot of your bed. Or waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a real boy. Assuming you don't have kids, you're like, Ah, ah Johnny, my son, you're so scary. If you woke up in the middle of the night... Or what's creepier... A ghost of an old man hiding in your closet or a real old man hiding in your closet. What's creepier? So hopefully Ava, you know, this story took place a couple years ago. Hopefully Ava got treated for that. It does seem like it would be debilitating to never look people. There's a lot of people who don't look people in the eyes when they talk to you. I make a point of looking people in the eyes. But um, when people don't look me in the eyes, I don't take it as like a sign of deceit or anything like that. I just figure, well, they just don't like looking at people's eyes. I never think, oh, <laughs> they think their eyeballs are going to pop out. Okay. But imagine if you knew someone who did. But that's not the only reason why we're at this mental hospital. Terry also met an older woman we'll call Nancy. And Nancy would walk around the asylum holding a plastic cup. Just like a plain old plastic cup. She'd walk around with it all, everywhere. But it wasn't just any cup. I mean, it appeared to be any cup. It appeared to be a plastic cup you could go buy at Walmart. But this cup had a soul. And Nancy treated it like it was a living thing. She's water into it. She's like, oh, I'm really thirsty. Soul's all, no, I can't breathe. <laughs> I am a cup. I've inhabited a cup, but I still need lungs. I still need fresh air. Pouring a glass of water in. She has this cup that she believes has a soul. And not only does it have a soul, it whispers to her. Or talks to her. She didn't specifically say whisper. She has this cup that talks to her. Tells her stuff about people. And Terry, would, she was here for a month. She got to know these people pretty well. She goes, not only did the cup... Or Nancy said the cup talked to her. No one else ever heard it. But not only did the cup talk to Nancy, it also told her secrets about other people at the asylum, which would make Nancy really mean to other patients. And it would seem super random. You wouldn't know why. You may not have interacted with Nancy in any way, shape, or form. And one day she walks by you and she goes, Harlot! Slut! You horrible, horrible woman! Nancy walks by and you're like, what? Huh? I'm not a harlot or a slut. Or horrible, horrible. And you'd ask, you'd be, hey, why'd you go call that girl a slut? And Nancy would go, because the cup told me that she's a slut. The cup told me all of her secrets. So I, I called her out on it. You're like, what? But she says she's not a slut. Well, the cu- who are you going to believe? That woman or, or, my, or my cup? She's sipping soda out of it. Nim, nim, nim. 
Ah, delicious soul soda, my favorite. But anyways, she would be randomly mean to people, and it was because of the cup said these were evil people. Well, one day, Terry's in group therapy, and everyone's just kind of sitting there. You got the person leading the therapy, and then you got a bunch of people just sitting around. Terry's sitting over by Nancy. All of a sudden, Nancy starts giggling. <laughs> I'm sure you hear a lot of Joker laughs in an insane asylum. Oh, Batman! She's giggling during group. You know, I'm sure at this point Terry's learned to just filter a lot of this stuff out. She's like, ah, a month ago this would have terrified me, but uh, whatever, I can barely pay attention to it now. Nancy's giggling, and then she leans over to Terry and another patient sitting next to Terry, because they're in this group. She leans over and she goes, he's going to get her today. And Terry just ignored it, right? And she's like, oh, come on, man. I just have anxiety issues. She's talking to a cup. She just ignores it. Then Nancy sits back in her chair and she's sitting there for a bit. And then she leans back over to Terry and the other patient and goes, he's going to get her today. And she points off points right at this girl standing on the other end of the room. She's just standing there, hanging out. Nancy's pointing at this girl, and she says, he's going to get her today. <sighs> Whatever, you know. But Terry does look to see where Nancy is pointing, and she's pointing at this girl we will call Dawn. She's on the other side of the room. She's not part of this group. She's just kind of standing there. Terry's like, God, people are so crazy here. She's sitting in the group, and then about 10 minutes pass. Terry's still sitting there in this group therapy. Everyone's going around and talking about what's going on, and the therapist is giving them advice. And all of a sudden, on the other side of the room, Dawn begins to sob loudly, overcome with grief is what it looks like. Like she's just besides herself, <laughs> just freaking out. And then she starts screaming at the top of her lungs. At that point, the staff comes in and they go over to like, hey, Dawn, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And when the staff comes over, Dawn begins to fight them. She begins to physically attack these staff members. She's kicking them. She's flailing. They can barely get her under control. Eventually, they have to restrain her and pull her out of the room. And Terry goes, I don't know how to process that. Like, she's out of the mental hospital at this point. She's posting the story online underneath the name Fairy Cat Attack. She goes, I don't know how to, like, even looking back, I don't know how to process that. She goes, that girl was way too far away from us to have heard what Nancy said. She said it twice. He's going to get her today. She goes, there is no way that she could have overheard the remark, there's no way she could have overheard what Nancy has said. And she, Terry goes, I don't understand how the 
cup lady knew about this. I don't understand how Nancy knew that this girl was going to freak out. Now you go, Jason. <laughs> it's a mental asylum. You could probably point at 50% of the people at any given time and say, they're going to go crazy today. They're going to have a breakdown. And maybe you're right. Maybe it was just chance. She pointed at a girl in an insane asylum. That girl freaks out. It seems like a positive hit on a psychic read. But maybe not. Maybe there is something inhabiting this cup. Or, I will say, it's possible that the cup is just a... I'm trying to think of the right term. I, you know, I don't want to say like a crystal ball, because obviously that's a, a trope. But it's a trope for a reason. What if that's a way for her to focus... Her abilities, this woman, Nancy, does have some ability to see things that normal people can't see. Because I'm telling you, man, that will put you in a mental hospital. She may have actually had an ability to tell who was evil. And it's insane to believe that you have an ability. Not only do you have that type of ability, because like, I've met mediums. I've met people, psychics and stuff like that. And they're not all in mental hospitals. Yeah, because they don't live their life by it. They'll be like, yeah, I'm really sensitive to certain events. Some of them may do it professionally. But when they go to the store, they don't flip out and start calling someone horrible things because they can sense who's good and who's evil. Maybe they can. Maybe they can, but they don't flip out and be like, that guy's a serial killer right over there. I'm, I'm assuming that's what got her in trouble in the first place or sent to Mental asylum. She has her breakdown. I wonder if she... I don't think the girl's eyeballs are actually going to pop out. I think that's a delusion. This woman, if this story's true, right? If she was able to predict that that girl... Something's going to get her. He's going to get her. It's such a vague comment. It's creepier. And then she starts flipping out as if she was under spiritual attack. I also wonder if she, that's her cup from home. That was the other question <laughs> about it it's a garfield plastic cup from like 1984 it's like i hate mondays too because mondays are evil she's walking around which is the reason why i bring that up is first i don't think i don't think they let you bring props into an insane asylum you're like you know what i'll go with you guys but this is my favorite set of knives they're like okay yeah sure you can bring that as part of your delusion bring your knives i wonder if she brought her own cup which you can I don't think it's the case. I don't think they let you bring stuff in. Or if she found the cup there, she would have had to. She would have had to have found the cup. It must have been like a cup from the hospital. But if that's the case, then is it? A, that would make me think that it is totally within her. She's giving the cup a personality. She's using it to focus her abilities, but she might actually be able to tell who is evil. Which is interesting because if you actually had access to that kind of power, you could do a lot of good. If you're just walking around calling women harlots and sluts and stuff like that, then, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not going to save the world. But if you were able to look out in a crowd and be like, yo, that dude's a serial killer. Like, that guy has three bodies underneath his basement. You know? What, what, you, I mean, you could call the police. That's kind of all you could do. You couldn't, like, break into his house kill him i mean you could you you're a cup themed. you're a cup themed superhero you have a giant cup helmet you're like stop evil doer i'm solo 
Because I, I work alone. And you're like, oh, I thought you were solo because, you, you know, all the red plastic cup body armor. What? No? Oh, I didn't even notice that. But anyways, <laughs> shoots him in the brain. The weapon is not cup themed. It's not like a cup grappling launcher. It's just a sawed off shotgun. But you had the ability and you knew for a fact you could tell who was good and who was evil. You could do a lot of good with that. I don't know. You know what? Here, for, let's do this. Dangerous Wallaby. I'm going to toss you the keys to the world-famous Carpenter Copter. Catch those in your wallaby hands. We're leaving behind this insane asylum. Fly us all the way out to Canada. And I want to say this real quick, too. I don't know if I've already done a Dead Rabbit Radio recommends on it. I might have. Dead Rabbit Radio recommends Frailty. If you guys have not seen Frailty, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before on the show, but that is what the movie's about. A man gains, or does he? Right? A, a man gains the ability to tell who is truly evil in the world. If he touches them, he can see all of their sins. Or does he have that ability? The whole movie is... This question. It's not two people sitting around discussing it. You're watching the recollection of this boy growing up in this household of this single father played by Bill Paxton saying, I'm on a mission from God. That means like both of his kids are like at this point eight and 12 or whatever. And he goes, Hey, I got a vision from God. I have the ability to find out who's de demonically possessed, who's a demon disguised as a human, and I'm going to kill them. And it's the story of these two boys and this dad navigating this. Does he have the ability? And if he does, should you help him? As Because the story's told from the boy's point of view. Or does he not have the ability? And should you help him get help? Or should you try to make sure you and your brother are safe? It's a really interesting movie because I've watched it, I think, twice at this point over the years. And I've met other people who've watched it. And... The ending, to me, is not up in the air at all. I feel it has a very clear decision on whether or not he's crazy. But I was talking about the movie to someone years ago, and we were talking about it, and they go, oh, yeah, and then blah, blah, blah. And I go, no, that's not the ending of the movie. This is, this is what it was. And he's like, no, it's not. And we actually had a debate. Because depending on how you follow... It's really interesting. Hats off. I think Bill Paxton also directed it. Hats off because it's not up in the air at all. You will believe one thing or the other. And um, I highly recommend the movie Frailty. Really, really enjoy it. Dead Rabbit Radio recommends Frailty. The angel told me that God would be sending weapons. Maybe you just dreamed it. Maybe you're not right in the head. God will be sending a list of the first seven demons. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. Dad made up this whole thing. Do you understand? Well, if it has to be done, it has to be done. You're crazy! Only demons should fear me. And you're not a demon, are you? Dangerous Wallaby, we're flying over Canada. Specifically, we're headed out to Thunder Bay. That's in Ontario, Canada. The year is 2017. It's a Friday night, and we're about to meet a young man named Doug. And it's a party night, man. It's He's in college. 
You want to go out and have some fun on a Friday night. He gets together with some friends. They go out to a bar. They're just drinking, hanging out. Hey, bartender, another round of of beer, dude. And the bartender's like, one round of beer coming up and brings it up. <laughs> the bartender's like, have you heard about the new BMW? It sure is spacious. Pretty nice car. And he's putting down the drinks. Oh, thank you, bartender. And we will learn more about the BMW by going to BMW.com and checking out all the newest models you have. So that's the beers down. The kids are drinking it, Doug. They're all getting drunk. Eventually, it gets later and later and later as time happens. As time usually does. And eventually, it's 3 a.m. And it's time for Doug to walk home. See you later, guys. Hasta la mañana. <laughs> what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. I haven't taken Spanish yet. Hasta la vista, babies. He's walking out of the bar. Starts walking home. It's a dark night. Darker than normal. Walking through town. And he said that there's a path that he can take to get back to his place. So you got to kind of walk outside of the town. I don't know if it was a shortcut or if the town was laid out in a weird way. But basically, you'd be walking down the streets and then you kind of like walk out of the town for a bit. And he goes around Thunder Bay, where he's at. There's a lot of small bogs. A lot of bloop, 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 like bubbly mud reeds sticking out of them. You guys have probably seen a bog before. <laughs> you guys have seen the never-ending story, right? Just remember where that horse died. A bog. He's walking by these bogs. He goes, this area has never really been developed. Because you can't build a house on a bog. So it just kind of is there. It's surrounded. There's a bunch of tall grass everywhere. You got these big bogs, mud and water and reeds and a dead horse, horse skeleton underneath it. He's walking by these bogs. A bunch of muskrats running around. Running around in the darkness. A lot of frogs. Frogs are pretty cool to listen to. Ribbit. 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 And he's walking through. It's a very dark area. It's at night. Passes by one of these bogs and he sees inside the bog underneath that muddy water something is glowing. He stops. He's kind of like looking at it and he's like, dude, I must be Really drunk. I must be, I must be bog, bog glow drunk. I didn't know that was a thing. Because there's something glowing down there. It's pretty big. But that's impossible. Nothing glows in this bog. Nothing glows in the bog. However, even though I do believe this is a hallucination, I want to get a closer look at it. So he begins walking to the edge of that bog. You have to imagine you have to imagine the amount of college students who have drowned in this bog area over the years because yeah, he probably is hallucinating. You probably shouldn't be drunk walking through a swamp. He's getting closer, he's getting right to the edge of this bog and he sees movement now. He sees that the glowing thing is actually moving towards 
the solid ground surrounding the bog, not right towards him. He sees it kind of going in another direction. But he's watching this glow move through the water, and then it begins to crawl out of the bog. He sees these two muscular arms reach out of the swamp, one grabbing a handful of soil and pulling him up, and then the other arm grabs another handful of soil. And this creature is emerging from the bog. It's not a tiny little muskrat. He said this thing was about six and a half feet long. With the upper body of a human. Big muscular arms, chest, neck, a head. You're like, Jason, I know what a human looks like. My eyeballs haven't fallen out. And even if they did, I'd remember. He had the upper body of a human. A pretty built human, right? Big old muscular arms. But from the waist down, this thing was not human at all. It was the opposite of human, I would argue. Because what's the opposite of a human? A slug. Everything we know and love about being human, the slug doesn't have any of it. They're allergic to salt. Humans love salt. That's all they have. That's all they have. Humans love salt and slugs eat salt. You couldn't have two other sides of the spectrum. They have their eyes on long stalks. We have our eyes on our head. Except for that one girl. Except for that one girl. But the rest of us, our eyeballs are inside of our skull. That's another thing that's opposite. But anyways, how do slugs have babies? Do they lay eggs? I don't know. I'll look it up after this episode. You have this half man, half slug crawl out of the swamp. He said it's body from the waist down is just a big old slug body and the glowing was a bioluminescent bulge in the slug man's forehead and he said the glow traveled all the way down the slug man's spine and it's slowly crawling out of this bog and Doug's just standing there Doug says it didn't notice me. It was kind of coming out of a different side of this bog. He goes, I noticed it. I mean, at this point, I'm sober. <laughs> I've been sobered up. You could say it's still just an alcohol-induced hallucination. He doesn't think he's hallucinating now. What he's looking at is a slug man. And he's in shock at this point, as I think is probably a fair reaction to watching a half-man, half-slug emerge from a bog. Right in front of you, too. If you're watching on television, you'd probably be like, wow, that's pretty cool. If it's happening in your living room, it's less cool. You're terrified. Doug is standing there, and he's watching this thing, and he goes, I didn't even move. I was in shock, and I'm watching this thing crawl out of the bog. And and eventually, I said, he goes, not a smart idea when you're trying to avoid detection from a unknown cryptid no one's really seen anything like this before he goes i was in shock i didn't know what to do i was just standing there and then all of a sudden i said what is this thing 
But because he was still drunk, he didn't think it. He said it out loud. He goes, what is this thing? At that point, the slug man stops and begins to turn its head and looks directly at Doug. Right in the eyes. Doug's eyeballs popped out. The slug man turned and looked at Doug directly in the eyes. And even though Doug said this thing had the body of the upper body of a human he goes when the slug man turned to look at me it had just pitch black large eyes let me rephrase that he had these two large pitch black eyes the slug man's looking at doug doug is looking at the slug And Doug's getting a pretty good look at it because it has this bioluminescent bulge on its head and its back is lit up as well. And he's seeing this glow in this incredibly dark Canadian night. He's looking at this creature. It's looking at him. And then all of a sudden, the glow disappeared. Now, Doug does not believe that this creature has disappeared. It's just shut off the lights, leaving Doug standing in complete darkness. Suddenly, a horrible scream echoes through the night. Doug compared it to, it sounded like a bird's scraw, like squaw! But it sounded deeper, like it was coming from the gut. So I'm going to try to do that for you. (laughs) I would laugh. I would laugh if I saw a monster. And they sounded like that. Maybe. A deep bird scrawl, but lower as if it came from the gut. At that point, Doug hears something moving through the grass and the reeds and it's headed right in his direction can't see anything it's that dark but he hears like something's coming straight at him he goes i didn't see it but i can make a pretty educated guess it was the slug man i didn't think that all of a sudden a family of owls decided to build a nest in front of me no i'm being chased by this horrific creature from beyond the bog. So Doug turns and he goes, I off in the distance, I see a street lamp. Because remember, he had kind of cut through this area to get home. He goes, I saw this street lamp way off in the distance. He goes, I turn and I just ran and ran and ran as fast as I could until I got to that street lamp. Didn't turn around once. Then it stopped to see if I was still being pursued. I ran all the way to that street lamp. Got to the street, turned around, no sign of the creature. If it did pursue him, he doesn't know for how long or how close it got to catching him. It's interesting because this this would be a... You would start playing this out in your head. This was posted online... I got this from uh, phantomsandmonsters.com. Fantastic website. The um, 
you would replay this in your head. You would want to think this over and over again, see if you could figure that out. See if you could figure out how close it came to getting you. Remember in The Phantom Menace when Obi-Wan Kenobi was hanging? He's about to fall in that pit and uh, Darth Maul was standing above him. And then uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi did a flip over the back of Darth Maul and cut him in half. He played that event in his head over and over again because he knew that that... And also because he lost his Jedi Master, Qui-Gon Jinn. He knew that that event could have not worked. He played that event over and over in his head. So when the roles were reversed in Revenge of the Sith and Obi-Wan had the high ground and Anakin is on the lower level, the same way Obi-Wan was, if you watch it, Anakin tries doing the exact same move that Obi-Wan did. He does the exact same flip and Obi-Wan knows how to defend against it because he had done the same and he had played that out over and over again. He goes, if Darth Maul had done this tactic, I would have died that day. And that's how he's able to kill Anakin Skywalker. Or did he? <laughs> Is Anakin Skywalker possibly Darth Vader? Find out. And uh, find out at the end of that movie. You play these events out over and over and over again to kind of wonder about it. See how things could have been different. And so that's the same thing here with Doug. He goes... And there he's like, remember that movie, Attack of the Slugman, when Anakin Skywalker flipped over and what are you talking about? As they lock him in the padded room. Doug said he, th he was thinking about it afterwards. He was trying to plan it out in his head. And this is smart because he goes, what he figures out is that whatever this thing was, he was never able to figure out what it was. He never saw it again. He goes, but it is interesting to note that I think it had bad eyesight. I think that this creature could not see very well because it didn't notice me until I said something. It has really, really poor eyesight. That would be his suggestion. Or he goes, a bad sense of smell. He didn't smell me either. Like it was literally just moving around. And when I spoke out loud, that's when it turned and that's when it started coming at me. And I took off running. Those would be things that you would think about. I, you, you would definitely like, I think there's a big difference between going to the woods and looking for Bigfoot and walking home and finding Bigfoot. I mean, I know people live in the woods, but imagine if on your walk home tomorrow, Bigfoot, you saw Bigfoot standing in someone's backyard. And they're like, oh, the, the Hendersons are at it again. How are they going to fit Bigfoot? How are they going to fit Bigfoot into their brand new BMW? Oh, quite the conundrum. Bigfoot, though, is pretty a nice guy. Imagine if you're walking home. Think about it this way. I do not like walking home in areas where I know people can't control their dogs and dogs are just kind of randomly walking around the street. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. I don't want to have to fight your dog to go to Dairy Queen. Keep control of your dog. So I will... Take other routes to get to places if I know there's like a, a bad owner and they let their dogs loose and stuff like that. Now imagine, imagine if it wasn't a dog, but it was a slug, man. Imagine if it was a six and a half foot long 
slug monster. You're definitely definitely be very careful where you walk. I'm like, I don't know, you know, maybe I don't need Dairy Queen today. Maybe I don't need to be sucked down to a slug's lair and truly find out how they reproduce. No, I think I'll just um <laughs> I just won't eat today. You're all emaciated. You're all, uh, I really need a blizzard. It would be creepy. It'd be terrifying. I I, I don't I don't imagine he spent many late nights drinking after that. Probably would call a taxi. They're like, hey, you know, it's such an easy walk home. And he's like, dude, I don't even want to talk about my walk home, okay? I'll tell you someday. But not tonight. You put an extra salt on your fries. You're salting yourself all up. You're like walking around Halloween. You're just a giant salt lick. Eat me now, slug man. It's a creepy cryptid. I like it because I talk about this on the show. I've been talking about it, uh, you know, pretty much recently, too, is that I think there's a ton of cryptids out there we don't know. There's a bunch of monsters we don't know about. Either because they're not seen by human eyes or the people who see them don't survive. And I think you would have a huge menagerie of creatures like this. A slug monster coming up out of the bog. You'd have to ask yourself, like, where does the bog lead? I wonder if it connects to these underground caverns. The bioluminescence makes you think that it naturally lives in a very dark environment. It creates its own light. But also I would think if you, I would think if you lived in a pitch black environment, you think your eyes would be able to see in the dark. But it could also be that you just don't need them down there. There's other ways, or maybe your vision you can see, but it's so bad. Was this a man who was turned into a slug against his will by some mad scientist or some government agency? A witch's curse, perhaps? That would all be terrifying in and of itself. But I think the scariest thing is imagine there is a race of these things down there. It doesn't have to be like a million of them. I mean, that would be... I'd be concerned about that as well. I was like, what is their tax structure like? How do they how do they assign jobs? Are they all just are they all just slugs or do some of them build great monuments? Is there a slug internet that they use to communicate? If there was twelve or twenty thousand, like it would be concerning both ways. I don't think this is a one off guy though. Could have been built in a lab. Could have been built in a lab. I do have to say, if he was built in a military laboratory, they really got to work on their security. Because if this guy can break out, then anything can. He's a slug. How fast can they move? He apparently can't see. And you're like, hey, Johnson, what happened to that slug? What happened to that man slug we built? We spent $50 million perfecting that technology. And they're like, well, you know, I left the door open. And then um, he just crawled out, and four days later, he was off base. We were just stepping over him as he's all slowly crawling out. They're like, hey, Slugman. Um, pretty bad security. I think, if anything, this might be like a subspecies. This might be a new creature or old creature, right? Might even predate humans in this part of the world. Who knows? It's creepy, though. I would ask, would you be willing, if someone paid you, we'll start a GoFundMe, we'll set it up. If someone paid you, would you wear a scuba suit and jump into a bog? 
But it's like you have little arm waders on, you're like floating there. No, 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 no. I want you in a scuba suit to swim and see if there's any tunnels down there. If you survive, you get the GoFundMe. Otherwise, someone else can jump in there. Start swimming around. Who knows what you'll find? I will assume it won't be good. I will assume it's either a bog. It's just mud, thick mud. You're like scuba suits weighing you down. You're like, oh man, uh, why did I bring these flippers? I didn't need a full scuba suit. Just an oxygen tank. Or you could drain this bog. <laughs> mud shooting. You have a hose going right from the bog into downtown Thunder Bay. It's all spraying mud everywhere. This could be the gateway to an entire species. First off, it could be the story of a man who was really drunk, drunker than he thought, and he hallucinated the whole thing. Let's be clear, that is possible. But what if it is an entrance to a whole new civilization, a civilization of manslugs? Civilization that has evolved alongside humans. And they're living underground. I think that's worth spraying a bunch of tons of mud around Thunder Bay. Cleaning out those bogs. Maybe we'll find the entrance. Maybe we'll walk down there and see a gilded city as far as the eye can see. <laughs> the slugmen are like, what? What's gold? We can't see it. We're like, wow, your city looks amazing. Look at this architecture, huh? We just spray goo out randomly and it just coalesces into something. It's all this beautiful fractal art. We're like, oh my God, you guys are amazing. We meet this new civilization, the Slug Society. I'm shaking hands and be like, it's good to be your friend <laughs> this is you this is your delusion as you're dying oxygen deprivation your, your scuba tank malfunctioned i was like i'm sorry dude you're just laying at the bottom of a block but you imagine yourself you're like slug society they have huge posters of you you're like hey everybody look at me i'm finally home home among the human slugs this is where i always wanted to be it's your final thoughts as your skin turns blue, <laughs> as your brain dies in, in the bottom of the swamp. But I mean, it, out of all the final thoughts you could have, that's not a bad one. And I would argue, maybe it's not a drunk delusion. Maybe it's not the last images of a dying man that flood his brain. Maybe there is something down there. Maybe there is a select society. But even if there wasn't, even if there was just, who is it? Here, hold on. What's up? Someone just got their shoes stolen. One second. I don't remember where it was at. The Slug Society, a beautiful group of people, or slug people, or just one. Wouldn't that be worth spraying mud everywhere? To meet one slug man. Shake his hand, pat him on the back, 
you know, that's worth it. That's worth it. People spend their whole lives in the woods looking for Bigfoot. All for this, all you got to do is go to a bog. Just, just yell out, "Hey, Slugman!" You're walking around, you, Slugman. I know you're out there. Where take me to your secret slug society? Show me the buildings you've made with the bodily secretions. And extra you've been doing this for weeks. You're just walking around the bog. And as you're doing that, eventually, you know, police show up and they're like, well, let's take you to a mental hospital. I think you're going to end up in a mental hospital if you walk around town all day long talking about the Slug Society. So maybe just keep this one to yourself. You're all spraying mud and the cops are like, ah. jump into the bog. You'll never catch me. Slugs, save me. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. And I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>